Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Seated this morning. Good to see everyone. Siempre está, siempre está sobrando, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I could see all the non-Spanish-speaking people saying, "What? No." Sorry, guys. Just uh, it was just a great time in worship. How many enjoyed that? What a wonderful time. Good to see everyone. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them you're in the right place? at the right time, right now. Wow, you guys are moving ahead of me, but okay. Next time I just say, just tell your neighbor, you know what. <laughs> you know what to tell them. So we're, we're glad you're here this morning. We welcome all of you. Welcome all those that are watching online this morning. We're on a, on a new series, which uh, I believe you're gonna enjoy, and it's called Born Identity. And uh, this series is actually a play in words. Most of you may know the movie, or you may have seen it, the movie with Matt Damon called Born Identity. And in that particular movie, he, uh, he forgets who he is, and he's trying to find himself. He experiences amnesia, <clears throat> and then he's being pursued by people that are trying to kill him, and he doesn't know why. And then he finds out that he's a CIA operative, and he goes by the name of Jason Bourne. But then he realizes that's, a, that's an alias name. That's not really his true identity. And it's an undercover name. And as the movie continues, he, he discovers who he really is, his actual name that he was born with. And his name is David Webb. And now he's trying to establish who himself. He's trying not to be this assassin, <clears throat> not to be this person that he was trained to be. He's trying to be a man of character and trying to find a new destiny instead of the destiny that others have put on him. And so this morning, I want to talk about our own identity. Do you know who you really are? Do you know why you were born? Do you know your purpose? And how do you see yourself? Are you happy with what you see? Your identity is pretty much important because it's going to really send you in a direction of your destiny for God. And so I want to read this particular verse of scripture here, uh, Psalm chapter 139. And all of us may have read this scripture before, but I want to read it to you. Then we're going to pray. It says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My bones were formed, carefully put together in my mother's womb. The Bible says you're a person in the mother's womb already. When I was growing there in secret, you knew that I was there, and you saw me before I was born. The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before even one of them or any of them ever began. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us as we dive into this message today and I pray the Lord will just open our hearts today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you know who we are. God, you created us. You have a purpose. You have a will for our lives. And Lord, we need to discover that. 
We need to discover who we really are in Christ, not what the world puts on us, not what people tell us we need to be, but God, who you've called us to be. I pray that you'll minister to every single person in this room, Lord, wherever they're at in their life today, that the word of God would come alive, it would speak to their hearts today. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. And everyone said, Amen. So where do we get our identity? And most science or most people realize that most of our identity is picked up early on when, our, when we're growing up. So basically, often, uh, it's the messages that we hear that people put on us that becomes a script in our lives. For instance, you might have heard these things, have heard other people say them, they begin to tell you things, then you begin to believe them. People will tell you you're ugly, and then you begin to believe that you are. Some people will say you're, you're nobody, you're never going to become anything, and then that's what you become. And we know that's exactly how the enemy works, how Satan works, is he never wants you to be who you really are. He's always trying to put a false identity on you. One of the things that the devil is good at is distorting what God creates. How many know that the devil can't create anything, only God can? But the devil can distort. He can find a way to destroy God's creation. He finds a way to pervert and distort your identity. Satan knows that he can't create, that God's the only one that can, but he's gonna do everything he can to destroy your true identity. Also, we understand, like I said earlier, that the opinions of people early on in our lives can begin to form and begin to create an identity in us because of the word that they speak to us. Maybe your parents have said things to you. Maybe your peers, maybe your own spouse or people that you know, they begin to mold you into an image and begin to tell you this is what you need to be. This is the kind of person you need to be. And I want you to realize something that we are very complex. How many know that? The Bible tells us when it says we are wonderfully made, really the word says you are made in such a complex way. In other words, I'll read it to you in another version, Psalms 139.14. It says, thank you, Lord, for your making me so wonderfully complex. So we, there is a lot of complexity to who we are. In fact... Guys, if you're sitting next to your wife, whisper into her ear and say, you're very complex. You're very complex. And wives, if you want to whisper to your husband, say, you're very simple. You're just very, very simple. Because guys, guys, I'm going to tell you, we're kind of an on and off switch. And, and, and women are created differently. They have gauges, buttons, procedures, and, and we're just kind of, you know... We're kind of, you know, but it, all in all, the Bible says that the human body is very complex. And I'm going to get into some things here today that I want to show you and really kind of an introduction to our identity, but I believe you're going to get something out of it, and I believe it's going to help you. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit uh, scientific as well and kind of get into that a little bit and kind of give you some, some findings and, and things that people have done in research as far as identity, but it plays all into the Word of God because the Word of God is always ahead of science. How many know that? And I'm going to show you that today, but one of the things that I've realized that all of us 
today have been given something. All of us have been given an identity. In fact, if you go back to the story of Jesus where he giving out the parable of the talents, he giving out gifts, the Bible says he gave one guy five gifts, another guy two gifts, and another guy one gift. Everyone was given something, and all of us have a responsibility with the gifting that God gives you. In fact, one day we're gonna stand before God and give account for our talents and our abilities and what we did with all of them. But all of us today get different gifts because, excuse me, we're all, we're all made differently. And what I mean by that is we have different backgrounds, we have different pains and different experiences in life, and all of us have different potential. And so all of these things, believe it or not, create an identity of who you are and who you become. And so this morning, I'm going to use an illustration, kind of a metaphor here. I'm not being sacrilegious, okay? So uh, I want you to just bear with me. It's just an illustration. Don't get upset. Don't get mad. There's some people that get really upset when we use an illustration of some type. And today, I'm going to use these cards as an illustration. Can I do that? How, how, many, how many here have ever played poker? Anybody here ever played? Okay, good. Okay. I, Glad that there's sinners in the room like me. You ever played? You ever played? You ever played? Uh, you ever played Texas Hold'em? Any of you guys ever do that? And uh, you ever watch Texas Hold'em? How you go, man? You know, gotta know when to hold them. And uh, anyway, well, when to fold them. Anyway, know when to walk away. Anyway, and then, then, then there's the, there's 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 all kinds of different poker games. And I was going to try to use Texas Hold'em, and I realized I couldn't use that. So I, 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 there's a game, uh, a card game called uh, Five Card Stud. It's a poker game. Anybody ever play that? See, some of you guys are not admitting it, but <laughs> all of us here. And so, uh, again, I'm going to use that as an illustration today because Five Card Stud, you can't mix or match. You only, you only deal with the, with the cards that have been dealt with you. They give you five, five cards, you can't ask for more, you can't trade them, you only have the five cards, and that's your hand. Whatever has been given to you is what you're going to have to utilize. And I wanna just use that as the metaphor in life because there are things that have been dealt to you that you didn't choose. You didn't choose your parents, you didn't choose your race, you didn't choose where you were born, how you were born, to who you were born. None of those things. You didn't choose the talents that you have. You didn't choose a lot of things. There's a lot of things that were dealt to you that make up who you are that you didn't have a choice. And I want to kind of talk about that today because I want to be very clear that there's things that have been dealt to you that you never had a choice in. You never had, uh, you, they, they didn't ask you. You were born into it and you were born with things that you didn't ever have a choice. They were dealt to you just like a card game. Things were dealt with to you, and it's what you do with them. One of the things I want to say, if you've ever played cards for a while, although these cards are brand new, but if you've ever been somewhere where, that, where they, you play cards, you'll find that those cards are worn. You ever played with people? Cards are worn. They're kind of folded. Some of them are bent all these different things. Uh, I know nobody here plays cards, but I'm just kind of using that as an illustration for those that are admitting their sin. But anyway, <laughs> one thing about cards, cards are, are marred, they're flawed. And I want you to think about these cards that are being flawed, being marred. In other words, they're, 
they're imperfect in so many ways. And the Bible says that you and I are imperfect, that we live in an imperfect world. It's a broken world. And this is not heaven on earth. Heaven is heaven and earth is earth. So if you're looking for a time where it's going to be perfect, it's never going to be perfect. This world is broken. Things are broken. There, there are things that happen in the earth, earthquakes, hurricanes. None of it, is, again, is perfect. Uh, it's been broken because of sin. Our economy is broken to a degree. I'm not getting political either. Our body is broken in so many ways. There are imperfections in our body. There's no one here that had the perfect body, except me, of course, but everybody else, uh, you don't have a perfect body. Uh, nobody has it. Uh, there's no relationship that is perfect. There's nobody here that had the perfect relationship. In fact, I married a sinner, and, and, and she married a bigger sinner. See, so said, oh, it all works together, right? Right? And so all of us today, there's two imperfect people coming together. So as we look in the word of God, we're going to find that there's imperfection in everything. And the cards that you were dealt with, a lot of it is imperfect. In fact, it is imperfect. That's why Jesus said to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we know that heaven is perfect, but earth is imperfect. The second thing I want to say about these cards is that, thank God, that Jesus can redeem us. Can you say amen? He can redeem us. He saves us from our sin. He saves us from hell. He saves us from ourselves. Is that true? And here's the great thing is Jesus can transform those cards in your life. He has the way, believe it or not, to change some things in your life. And here's the other thing. All of us are going to have to give account for our lives and what we did with it and how we did it. So number one, I want you to write these things down, okay? Number one, there's one thing that was dealt to you, and that is your DNA, your DNA, your chemistry, okay? You can't change it. All of us today were born with some genes. A DNA is your genetic code, and so... That basically gives you your eye color, your hair color. Some of it is your behavior patterns, your personality, your physiology. Your DNA contains all this information. It's made up of a protein called, or, or, or your DNA has a protein called your chromosome. And so there's, there's this chemical makeup about you that you cannot change, that just the way you are and the way you were created. Some of us have weak uh, eyes like myself, right? Uh, our eyesight isn't good and I have to wear glasses. And so some of you, your eyesight is great. Some of us, uh, you, maybe you, 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 were, you were born and, and after what people notice, you're kind of a hyper person. I'm not making fun of you. And, and the rest of us are normal. No, I'm just kidding. The rest of us are a little bit more calm, right? You got those people that are just jumpy, like, hey, calm down, man. Let's, 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 let's. Everything's not that crazy, amen. So it's part, it's part of, you know, it's part of our chemical makeup. It's part of, part of our genetics. There are some genetic things that you inherited from your parents. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I know one of our pastors, he inherited uh, 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 his kidneys. Or he, it, it, it spilled so much, uh, too much protein. It caused him, he had to get a, 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 a kidney transplant. And now they have to check his children because that was inherited. So we were predispositioned with some things that we inherited in our genes that we didn't have 
any call. We didn't have any choice. So there's this biological and chemical deficiencies that all of us are born with. All of us are not perfect. You, you might have met someone or you might be experiencing people with uh, thyroid issues and, and uh, you know, no matter what they do, they just can't, uh, they can't lose weight and different issue things that they're dealing with that. Some people have hormonal issues. I'm just being honest with you. And, and they're lacking all of this. Uh, and so there's different things that we deal with chemically and biologically that none of us could do anything about. In fact, I was reading about this and and I, 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 in fact, I had looked up the wrong word, and it's oxytocin. And for some reason, I was saying oxycotton. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like Peter Howell knew a lot about oxycotton. <laughs> and how do you know so much about oxycotton? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> And oxytocin, believe it or not, is the chemical that creates connection. It's the chemical that creates a bond. In other words, all of us, if you have enough oxytocin, you create a bond with people. But there are some people that lack chemically some of that oxytocin. That's why they are not able to bond with other people really well. In fact, they did a study, believe it or not, about these prairie voles. These are like these little hamsters in the Midwest. And they actually only mate one time in their life, and they, and they mate uh, for a lifetime. And the reason is they have a lot of oxytocin that keeps them uh, together with one person. This is why when a, a mother is nursing her child, there's this oxytocin chemical bonding with that child. And it, it's just an amazing thing that happens. And it even happens between a husband and wife. When husband and wife make love, there's this oxytocin, this bond that uh, unites them and brings them together. And this is why marriages that don't have any sex in it, they don't have a good bonding. Are you listening to me? And so this is why uh, uh, sex is reserved for people that are married. Because if you just give it away to every single person, are you listening to me? You're giving a piece of your heart away. And so oxytocin is something that, that's why when people begin to do things outside of marriage, there's these consequences. They're experiencing uh, uh, spiritual issues, they're experiencing emotional issues, and even chemical issues. Just being honest with you today. And so all of us today have this. So I want you to write this down, though. No flaw in your life is sinful or shameful. In other words, what I'm saying is, we're born with some things in our life, even chemically where we're la lacking. It's not, it's not something that we need to be ashamed. It's just the way we're wired. Are you listening to me? Just the way you may have lacked some deficiencies in your life. Even mentally, sometimes uh, people are, are, have some mental issues that they're lacking. There's the chemical imbalance. We believe that God can bring healing, but there's also some chemical imbalances that happens in people mentally. And so all of these different things uh, begin to bring identity to who you are. Are you with me so far? Okay, I'm going to move on because I think I'm boring you a little bit. The second thing here that determines our identity is our connections. In other words, who you're around you become, okay? Our connections and our relationships in life begin to form our, our identity, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
You are a byproduct of your relationships, especially, listen to me, especially in your early years. What you experience in relationship in your early years begin to reflect in your older years. I've talked with people all of the time. They have trust issues. And part of the reason is because when they were young, they were violated. Okay? When they were young. So therefore, anyone in authority, anyone that tries to help them, they feel, uh, they feel fearful. They, they are afraid. They don't trust because we are a byproduct of relationship, especially in our early years. Now listen to me. It's largely determined how our identity begins to form is what the most important people in your life think of you. What the most important people think of you begins to form your life. If somebody important thinks something about you, that begins to form your identity. If the most important people, what they think about you begin, so it tends to determine your self-image, it tends to determine your self-esteem, and that's why you need to make Jesus the most important person in your life. What he thinks about you, not what other people think about you. Because we begin to put so high value on these most important people and what they think about you and what you should be that you begin to try to live up to their expectation rather than Jesus' expectation. So our connection gives us meaning and our connection gives us purpose and our connection gives us our identity. Are you with me? You'll find the people that have purpose in their life, people that find that they have meaning in life. There's a lot of times where, where you talk to somebody, I know what my meaning is. I know what my purpose is. It's because they grew up with good connections. They grew up with people assuring them and helping them. But then you'll find someone that they don't know their purpose. They don't know the meaning in life. It's because they had a hard time. They were disconnected from people or they did not have healthy connections. In other words, the, what other people said to them caused them to have a dysfunction in their relationship. It's affected their identity. It's affected how they uh, talk to people. It's affected all of this thing even in their adult years. And so if you're wondering, why do I not seem to have the connection with people? Why do these people connect so well? It may be part of your upbringing. And it may be part of the way you grew up and the connection that you had. And again, some of us had healthy connections and some of us had unhealthy connections. Some of us had great encouraging connections and some of us had abusive connections. I'm just being honest with you today. So there's a man that came up to Jesus and was asking him about the greatest commandment. Basically, he was saying, what, what's the meaning? What's the greatest thing that we can do? What's the best thing that we can do? And I love the way Jesus summarizes life because a lot of us are, are really going to, you know, you, you, you've heard this before, but I want to bring some clarity to it. Life is about love. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard that. No, life's about love. Let me show you what I mean by that. Look at what Jesus said. In Matthew 22, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophet are based 
on these two commandments. Did you hear that? So life is about love. In fact, I made a mistake today. I forgot to turn over the first card, right? So let me, let me turn over this first card. Somebody helping me here a little bit? Here we go. Okay, so this first card is gonna be our DNA, and this one over here is going to be our connection, okay, that I just mentioned that I'm talking about now. So these are the cards that have been dealt with you, to you. I meant to be going along there. Sorry, guys, I just got caught up in my message. But anyway, so we're, we're on that second card that means your, your connection. In other words, your, your, uh, Jesus just said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's your first and greatest connection. Your second cr- connection is loving others as you love yourself. So if you learn how to love God, you learn how to love others. Are you with me? So all of us today, again, connection with others is so important, it really begins to form your identity. But again, I want to say to you that there's no relationship that is perfect. All of us are going to have these imperfect relationships, okay? If people are, you're going to be affected by people. People are going to hurt you. There's times that your relationship, you're gonna have problems with all of that. And because of sin and because of all of these things that work in our life, we have to be very careful that we're not putting all of our, all, all of our eggs in one basket, so to speak. We're not, we're, not, we're not putting all of our heart in one person. He needs to be God. Because no matter who you are today, people will fail you. And, and if God's not the center of your life, things are going to go wrong in your life. I'm thinking about the story of Adam and Eve because sin often disconnects us from God and disconnects us from other people. Story of Adam and Eve, here's, here's Adam and Eve and God tells Adam and Eve, not, there's just one thing, you can do whatever you want, but you just can't do one thing. Don't eat the forbidden fruit. And what did they do? The Bible said they eat the fruit. God confronts Adam. I've said this before. He took it like a man. He blamed his wife. And he said, um, <laughs> he said, he said, Lord, and I love what he says. He said, Lord, it's the woman you gave me. In other words, me, me and you were good. And then she came along and, you know, you, so you, you see that blaming, you know, he, he's not only, he's not, he's not willing to admit his fault, he's always blaming someone else, right? When you blame, you be lame. I talked about that, right? And so he, here he is excusing and accusing. And that's what sin does. We begin to excuse and we begin to accuse other people and we try to cover it up. The Bible said they try to cover themselves up with leave. They try to cover themselves up. And we're always trying to cover up our sin, especially when our connections are going wrong. And often what happens is when we don't have good connection, it, it what begins to happen is we begin to have a fear. We begin to fear relationships. We begin to fear we don't want to love. We don't want to form connection. We don't want to be vulnerable. Why? Because we don't want to get hurt. And I've met people that you just can't connect with them. They're just, they're, they don't want to be open because they've been hurt already. They've been vulnerable. Things have happened in their life. And it's formed their identity. Now they're standoffish. They used to be happy. They used to want to connect with people. But now they're saying they don't trust anyone. They want to come to church and leave. Just come and go. I'm not, I'm not picking on no one today, okay? I'm just general terms. I'm just preaching generally, okay? 
and, and you can see what begins to happen in their life. Number three, our third card. Let, let's turn that one over. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor Isaac. That one over there in the corner. And this is one I want to talk about just a little bit, but I think it's important is that our circumstances in life begin to form your connection or begin to form your identity. How many know we can't do anything about circumstances? There's some circumstances we can control, but there's other circumstances we cannot control. There are things that happen to you that will shape you, mold you, and, and it'll become your identity, okay? Things you didn't have any control over. Again, I talked about we're a byproduct of our connection, but I believe we're a byproduct of things that have happened in our life. Circumstances that have happened, trauma that has happened. I talked about abuse. I'm sorry if you've ever been abused. I'm praying that God will help you through it. But a lot of us may be physically abused, verbally abused, and I'm sorry. It's affected your identity. Uh, you, you've experienced rejection, rejection by people. You've been in places where you failed some things. Things have failed in your life, and that had these circumstances have formed your identity. You've gone through some crisis. Some catastrophes have happened in your life. They've left scars in you, and they form your identity. The, these things, this, this circumstances have been dealt. That's the card that has been dealt with to you. And what happens is it begins to form our identity, and we're trying to find meaning. So here's the thing that I want you to be very, very careful. This is what I want to say about circumstances. They're beyond your control. You can't do anything about them. They've happened. Maybe they're happening right now. Circumstances, they're just, it just it, that's just the roll of the dice. You got that card. You don't know why it's happening, why, what's going on. You have no idea. You know, we just... We, we're going through this whole last couple of years, this whole pandemic. These are circumstances none of us had control over. And we just had to kind of work it through, right? We have to learn how to navigate through it. So a lot of us, there's some circumstances that have happened in your life. But here's the problem. Many of us are trying to find the meaning through every circumstance that's happened in our life. So we said, the reason this happened to me, it, this means that. Listen to me. Some of you are putting false meaning to your circumstances, and you believed it. This happened to me because I'm a bad person. This happened to me because I'm being punished. This happened to me because I made this decision, and you put a false meaning behind the circumstances that have happened to you, and when you do that, listen to me, I'm going to get right into this, it, it begins to describe, or you begin to put a narrative to it, it becomes your story, and now it becomes your identity. And these circumstances, you're trying to interpret your own meaning to everything, every scar, every crisis, every abuse that's ever happened to you. You're trying to put a meaning to every single one of them, and you have no idea why things happen. And so, uh, many things are spiritual, I understand, but some things, they're just, they just happen. And you're trying to find, you know, Somebody hit my car. Man, the devil it has nothing to do with the devil. That guy just don't know how to drive. That's all it is. You know, while the devil did this, he set it up. No, that, that guy don't know how to, he wasn't looking. That's all that means. Doesn't mean anything else. 
but we're trying to find meaning. I got a flat tire, you know, the enemy, you know. Somebody just left a nail on the road. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, things just happened. Uh, it, it, it doesn't mean that everything has the spiritual, you know, I got sick. Well, you know, your coworker, you know, he sneezed in his hand. He put the doorknob, and guess what? You came and opened the same door. Does that have anything to do with the devil? It does nothing to do with the devil. It's a guy that doesn't know how to take care of no hygiene. That's what that means. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So what we begin to do is we begin to mold and shape our identity by giving false meaning to things that have nothing to do with it. And so it becomes your narrative, it becomes your story, it becomes your identity, and it derails you from the truth of who you really are. Listen to me, this is important. And this is why some of the things in life, you're never going to know the meaning, and you don't need to know the meaning. You just need to know, God, I trust you. I don't know why all these things happen. Some people try to ask me, why? Do I, I'm not God. I couldn't tell you. But I'll pray with you. I'm not saying you deserved any of it. But it just so happened. These circumstances happened in your life. You know, Joseph, the story of Joseph, Genesis 39, I can't go into the whole story. But if you know that story, I want to just, you know, go home and read it. It's one of my favorite stories. I preached about it here many times. But David is betrayed, or Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. They throw him in a pit. They sell him into slavery. He ends up being a, a slave in Potiphar's house. He's falsely accused. Then he's thrown into prison. And you know the story. He's in prison. And finally, God, uh, uh, you know, God uses, uh, 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 you know, gives him the interpretation of the dream for Pharaoh. And he becomes the right-hand man of Pharaoh. Okay? But he goes through all his life. Now, while he was in the pit, he could have blamed himself and blamed all kinds of people. While he's in, in, in a slave, he could have came, well, I'm a slave because of all these different things and became bitter. While he's in prison, he could have hated the world, he even hated God. And said, all these things happened to me because of all the, you know, he, he could have been that kind of person. That would have formed, but in none of those places do we see Joseph accusing or excusing. Okay, he's not trying to build a narrative. Finally, at the end, when his brothers are there and they're asking for forgiveness and he's forgiven them, he realizes, hey, wait a minute. I know why now all these things have happened. And this is what he says. I love what he says. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And then this is what he says. To bring about that many people, what, should be kept alive as they are today. In other words, the reason this has happened, he's seen it now. God showed him after all of these years. He didn't try to interpret it during those events. He didn't try to give it false meaning. He understood after, in hindsight, after he realized, oh, I see, God got me into Egypt to save the nation of Egypt and to, and, and to save the nation of Israel and to save your lives. That's why I got here. Are you hearing me? May not have wanted to get here the way I got here, but I got here. I see the meaning now. He said, but I'm not blaming. I'm not accusing. You hear what I'm saying today? So don't try to give false meaning to what's happening in your circumstances. You don't know. And you may never know. You're not God. You're not a prophet. Although some of you think you are. You're not. And sometimes people try to come up to you. I know what's going to shut up. Can you just do us a favor? Those people that do that, stop it. Just stop it. 
Stop trying to tell people, this means that. And then God showed me that. You don't even know. You know, you're shooting in the dark. I know why you're sick. I know why you're in the... Shut up. Just shut up. We don't need that from you. Prophecy is to edify and to build up. Did you hear me? Number four. Number four. Let's go for number four over here. Le- left side there. And this is, this is what builds our identity is our own consciousness. And I'm, I'm, I need to move quickly. It's not your fault. So our own consciousness is our own voice in our head. So let me just make real clear. There's two voices in this room right now. And you say, well, I only hear one. No, my voice and your voice. It's what I'm saying and what you're saying to yourself about what I'm saying. And your voice is a lot louder than mine. And some of you right now say, man, Pat, that's a good point. Some of you, that sucks, man, that sucks. I can't wait to leave this church right now. I can't wait to get out of here. That's a loud voice. I can hear you. That's a loud voice. No, I'm just kidding. But you have the loudest voice in the room. What you're saying to yourself about what I'm saying to you. And so you're, you talk to yourself all the time. Somebody, I don't talk to my. You did it this morning. You said, man, am I going to get up, go to the restroom? Am I, uh, what am I going to do first? Am I going to brush my teeth first? Am I going to take a shower first? Are you listening to me? Uh, am I going to make coffee first? All of these different things. What clothes am I going to wear today? What, am I gonna, what time are we leaving? Uh, all of these different things. You're talking to yourself. So all of us, uh, we talk to ourselves. And what you say to yourself begins to form your identity. Listen to me. What others have said to you, you file it away. And many times you repeat what others have said to you. And you say it to yourself over and over. And you become exactly what others said to you because you're repeating that to yourself. And you begin to file that away, and it becomes who you are. Look at what the scripture says, Proverbs 23, 7. As the man thinks in his heart, so is he. You become what you think about yourself, what you say to yourself. Proverbs 4, 23. Be careful what you think, because your thought will run your life. So you will basically sabotage who you are by what you say to yourself, by what you repeat to yourself, you can become your self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm no good. Man, I don't deserve this. This is horrible. My life is no good. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I knew that. They always said that about me. You keep saying that to yourself. You keep saying to them, I, I, I'm just feeling. Can I tell you what? Feelings are not facts. I don't care how you feel. They're not facts. In fact, your emotions, listen to me, your emotions turn into feelings. So you need to be very careful about your emotions. A lot of us, man, we're just emotional, man. And whatever emotion, then you start feeling it, okay? Then your feeling becomes your, 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 your tendencies or your tantrums, so to speak, or what, what do you call them? Those things in your life, they just begin to form you, and all of a sudden, before you know it, they become your identity, I feel unattractive, that doesn't mean you are. Man, I feel like fat, that doesn't mean you are. It's however you feel. And, and let me just tell you about emotions. Emotions are not directives. Emotions is, is just data that's coming your way. You could, you, you don't, you're not obligated to emotions. Are you hearing me? Emotions will say all kinds of things to you. Emotions are deceiving. And if we allow those emotions to get in us, they become our feelings. 
And then our, our feeling, they begin to become our moods and our temperament. And then our temperament become our personality. And our personality becomes our identity. And so all these emotions, you have, you have the, you, you're not obligated to emotions. And emotions come from different ways. They come on the phone like, man, should I make a comment? Don't let emotion get, cause you to make a comment. Should I say something? Could I do this? You're not obligated. Emotion is just data, information coming to you, and you, you decide what to do with it. Are you hearing me? And so don't allow your emotions to become your feelings because they'll lie to you every single time. And the fifth card, I need to go real quick here. Number five, the fifth card, and we just came out of the series, is your choices. Say choices. And I love this because it connects to the series that we just came out of, which I wanted to stay on, but our group said, no, we need to move on to born identity. So blame them and accuse them. No, I'm just kidding. We had planned this a long time ago. I said, we need to move into born identity, but I wanted to stay on choices, but we moved on. But here we are back on choices again. I love this. We're back on that. Because let me just tell you something about choices today. You choose who you want to be. There's a lot of power behind the choices that you have right now. Believe it or not, the choices, can I just be honest? Choices are the wild card. And the wild card changes all the suit. Are you listening to me? Your choices today, as bad as your circumstances are, as bad as your, some of your, uh, 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 you know, physiology or or, or some of your uh, genes are and your connections, all of these things. Here's the good news, man. The wild card, your choices, can change everything. Can you say amen? It can change everything. In fact, let me just be honest with you. They have found, I, I, I'm going I'm to read this ahead because I want to, basically your DNA is not your destiny. And they put out an article and I, and I love this article they put out, and I can't read it all to you today, but in this article, back in, in 2010, they said, why your DNA is not your destiny, it came out on Time, Time Magazine, and they, they, they're talking about, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, epigenetics, epigenetics, and they said, the science showed how our choices, lifestyle, behavior, drugs, and chemicals, the amount of love in your life, our thoughts can change your genes. He said, remember the old paradigm in science community that our genetics was fixed, meaning it was predetermined before you were born. But epigenetics, epigenetics proved this is not the case. And they've discovered that our chromosomes, if you begin, you can change them by your thoughts, by what you see, by the choices that you make are you listening to me and then what you put on top of that is the power of the holy spirit that empowers the people of god that can change everything about your life i don't care what people said about you you're a child of god i don't care if you say well i have these depressing genes the bible said the joy of the lord is my strength 
I don't care if you say, well, I've been born in a family of anxiety. The Bible says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I believe that the power of God, the wild card, our choices empowered by the Holy Spirit will change everything about who you are and you can become exactly who God called you to be. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you today. God's power and grace can change everything about you. See, there are people that have said all kinds of things and all these different things and references. But I'm here to tell you, God can change everything. But all it takes is for you to choose. Say, I choose God. And God can change everything about your life. God can change everything about the way you think and how you look at things. Friend, I'm telling you today, never cut the grace of God short. Never discount what God can do. And if you look around this building, some of the people that you see today, that God's moving in, man, if you seen them five years ago, ten years ago, you would never think they would be who they are today. But by the power and the grace of God, that's the wild card today. See, what, what science never put into, in, into play is they've never put the power of God in it. But when the power of God gets involved, man, when you make those choices, it changes everything about you. It changes your life. It changed my life. I'm a new person. I'm a different person than, than, than I think I was headed for. And God turned things around when I made the right choice. When I chose God, he, he changes everything. When you choose God, He changes everything. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Close our eyes. Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.